Leadership on the Rocks community, you know that to be an essential leader, you have to continue to grow yourself because your personal growth allows you to better serve those you lead. And the same is true for me. So I have an exciting announcement to share with you. I'm going to start bringing in amazing leaders from various industries as guests on the show to discuss and share their experiences, wisdom, and insights. Together, you and I, we get to learn from leadership coaches, authors, entrepreneurs, and experts in their field. So thank you so much for going on this leadership journey with me as we continue to become equipped and empowered as leaders to thrive in and create harmony between our professional and personal lives. Going back to that whole idea of being stuck, we often get stuck by the beliefs that we have because our beliefs determine our behaviors. And if I believe these negative things, I let them sink down into my soul and I behave in ways that don't help me see the positives. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're going to talk with the unstuck coach, Mr. Michael Stinnett, to learn about the importance of leading ourselves first before we try to lead others. So Michael Stinnett has 20 years in ministry and education, and he's using his drive uh, to help people just know, have hope for their new career. And he works to help people find clarity to get unstuck and take their next first step. So welcome to the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, Michael. We're so glad to have you. Yeah, thanks, Bethany. So glad to be on. I love what you're doing and uh, the way that you're helping leaders grow and uh, stay focused on the things that matter most. It's wonderful. Uh, Thanks. So glad you're here. So I got to let everybody know that you and I are a part of actually two masterminds. Uh, One is focused specifically on leadership and one is about the coaching industry. And so for those of you listening, don't know what a mastermind is. Think about it just as a collaborative group of people that are on the same journey that you're on and that you get together and share those ideas and you make each other better, right? You're not only sharing the ideas, but let me tell you, I have learned so much from Michael over the last few months in our mastermind. So Michael, tell me your thoughts on our masterminds. What do you think about them? Uh, I think what you've said masterminds is I am so fortunate to have been surrounded by people who are further than me in this journey and I learn from them. And then I also have some people who maybe aren't as far as I am. So they're able to go with us and just, we are better together. And I've uh, learned that from many years of thinking that I could do things on my own and those failing that I needed people around me to make me better, to support me. And so building these mastermind groups or being part of these mastermind groups has been so uh, insightful and helpful in my journey. I I couldn't agree more. And I just got to say, you have the best one-liners. Whenever you get in flow of your thoughts of just, I don't know, but kind of here's what I'm thinking. And then you're going to spit out a one-liner. I'm like, wait, can you repeat that exactly the way you said it? Because I want to quote you. So (laughs) you have a lot of insight. (laughs) All right. So you have a really cool title. You are the unstuck coach. (laughs) So I really want to know where are you seeing (laughs) leaders get stuck and how do you help them get unstuck? Yes, great question. One, I was toying around on LinkedIn with different monikers and uh, it just, I was like, I mean, I was so focused on trying to help people get traction and help people quit spinning their wheels and going nowhere. And I realized that 
unstuck is kind of a cool word. Everybody wants to do that. And I read a book, uh, I think it was Matt Perlman, maybe called uh, How to Get Unstuck. And it resonated with me. And I just decided, you know what, let's try that. And so when it comes to leaders, we are so depending on the type of leader that 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 I am or the way that I'm feeling in that moment, it's really easy for me to miss the obvious pieces because all I can see is the goal. And sometimes the goal is way down the road and it keeps me from seeing the next step or it keeps me from seeing that thing that's right in front of me that is in my way from actually accomplishing the goal. Mm -hmm. And so I like to try and help leaders take their eyes and move them right in front of them. Like what's the next thing that you need to do to get the momentum for the long-term goals? Oh man, that's so good. I so need that. I am a visionary. I love to stay highly conceptual, but it can also cause that analysis paralysis. And I know a lot of people say that with details, but I get stuck in big picture and it's hard for me to find that next step. Um, and and to see that. And, and I literally, as that saying goes, I get stuck in a rut. (laughs) And it, and I'm a visionary too. So this was like real for me was it was so easy for me to get focused on where I want to be in five years, where I want to be in 10 years, that it was really hard for me to think about where do I need to be in a week and how do I measure whether or not I'm making progress? Because my goal is five years down the road and I didn't have a system in place to measure if I'm actually moving toward that. And I also realized sometimes in leadership that we try and take huge steps And often those huge steps are too big for us to make. So we actually don't take any steps. And I wanted to help leaders and I wanted to help myself uh, break those big steps down into smaller pieces so that we could actually get some traction. And that's where the whole idea of getting unstuck, it's how do we take that next first step? Oh, that's just so good. And, you know, think about most leaders, it doesn't really even matter, you know, what industry people are serving in you know, they do talk about those big goals and those big targets and the outcomes that they want, but it's the day-to-day fires that keep us, you know, one, we can lose sight of the goal, which is important, but we can also just feel so stuck in the mud that we can't figure out how to get unstuck. So as you're working with different clients, you know, whatever um, the different industries that they're in, how do what's your first question to ask to help them get unstuck? <laughs> Well, that is such a great question for you to ask me. Uh, it really depends on what I know about that person and the industry that they are in. If I'm, uh, oh, can I throw one out there? Yeah, let's let's talk about education. We have a ton of teachers leaving education, <laughs> so let's yes. talk about hashtag transitioning teachers. So the first thing that I ask most of the transitioning teachers that I work with is, why did you choose education in the first place? Um, because I need to know foundationally, do they really want out or are they just in a hard season or are they just lacking support that maybe they could find the support, then they would find the energy to stay in the classroom because that's where they really thrive. Um, so helping them figure out why did you choose that? What's leading you to transition out? Because sometimes it's just that they're in a bad situation or sometimes they just had a year of a lot of things in life that pounded them and from all angles. And then others I'm finding are like FOMO almost like these teachers are the fear of missing out. Like every teacher on my hall has left and is going to some other job. And all I hear is how great their job is and how wonderful everything is. But it's probably a lot like an Instagram reel where I'm only showing you the highlights 
Like I'm only showing you the super tan that I have on my face from the beach because I'm not going to show you the, I have dad beach body and I'm not going to show you that picture. So I keep using the highlights. And so I, I see those things in teachers. I've had to actually work with several teachers to find a support system because they wanted to stay in the classroom. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know how to find support. Man, you know, you, you've made so many good points. I don't even know where to start, but I love the, uh, the Instagram reel. you know, I'm only showing you the 10, not the dad bod. I think we're all there and feel that one. You know, you talked about going through a hard season versus, you know, a bad situation versus no, I really want something different, you know, and I've asked that question a lot and in my family, I mean, there were five educators and there's only one left standing and she, she is a college professor. And the question that I had to ask myself, am I running away from something or am I running to something? And I think you're just hitting all around that with your good questions. So even like expanding what you're talking about beyond education, you know, people have to really gut check themselves. Is it a hard season? We all go through it, right? Where just lots of things are happening. Is it a hard situation? Maybe I don't work for, you know, a a boss that's supportive or do I have FOMO? (laughs) (laughs) Or do I really want, is God calling me to do something else? So those are just excellent points that you made. It's, I I learned that years ago in ministry that we often run from something rather than to something. And we are not very often called from one thing without the next thing. Mm -hmm. And every, I believe that every season is preparation for the next season. And I want to learn what I need to learn now to help me be successful in the next spot. And a lot of times as teachers, uh, it's just, there's so much negative. And I posted about this today. There's so much negative energy out there Mm -hmm. and we get swallowed up by the negative energy and negativity breeds negativity. And then the next thing you know, is like, we're angry about that thing too. Whenever I first woke up this morning, I didn't have that thing on my mind at all. I was just excited to have good coffee and maybe a nice donut. And then I read this post and that post made me feel things that I didn't even realize I was feeling. And now I'm engaging and there's negative energy. And it's like, like, don't do that. Like it's, it's too easy for me to attach attach myself to negativity and then I become negative and it, it's exhausting and I find that sometimes teachers are that way I don't know if teachers are listening to this and you know what it's like to be in the teacher's lounge and they're talking about all of the negative things that are going on in the classroom and then you've got that one teacher in the corner who's quiet and then like she'll speak up and say something super positive and everybody's like, whatever, just shut it. And you're just like, because <laughs> people just want to be negative in their circles. And I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't help me prepare for the next thing. Yeah. And so I want to, I just want to be intentional in surrounding myself with positive voices. And so I want to be a positive voice because again, going back to that whole idea of being stuck, we often get stuck by the beliefs that we have because our beliefs determine our behaviors and if I believe these negative things, I let them seek down into my soul and I behave in ways that don't help me see the positives. And so I, I just have to think differently. Absolutely. You know, and, and what you're saying there is so, so good. 
a lot of times we allow the negativity to, you know, fill us when we didn't start there. And then it just takes us down the slippery slope. And then we feel things and we start having attitudes and behaviors and beliefs about things that maybe we wouldn't have if we poured good things into us. Um, you know, in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, man, am I talking health? Am I talking, you know, what I'm eating? Am I talking my mental health? But it's all really the same. It's all connected. If you've ever seen that manifest show about the airplane, it's all connected. (laughs) You know, what we allow in really affects what comes out of us. And, you know, even expanding that concept you know, whenever, how do you, how do you help somebody who's in a hard situation, a hard season and venting is healthy, but how do you not allow venting to turn toxic? Okay. So great question. Thank you. One is I encourage people to vent privately and when they can to people that they trust and people that will support them, but also to people who are kind enough to them to help them see the other side after the venting. Mm -hmm. It's like, Let's say that I have a bad day at work. When I come home, my wife is my vent. Like she hears it. She she supports me. She encourages me. She comforts me. And then she might be like, you know, I'm really sorry that that happened. Like that shouldn't have happened. Nobody should talk to you that way. Nobody should treat you that way. You didn't deserve whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I have a vent person. And I think that it's really important that we have those people in our lives the flip side of that is that it's probably not best for public to be my vent person. And so it's like, don't wait, I'm sorry. Public as in also social media. Yeah. Don't use social media (laughs) to be your vent. Now, if you just want to go viral, a nice eight angry rant is one way to do that. But I'm not sure that that's why I want to be known. And so it's like, especially when I'm helping job seekers or I'm helping leaders get that next spot, like when people go through your social media feed to learn more about you and that's what they come across, it's very likely that they're thinking, "Mm, not a culture fit. We're going to move on. Yeah. And I want to be very clear. I've literally interviewed and hired, I've interviewed thousands, but I've hired hundreds. We do look at your social media. So everybody listening, please understand hiring managers do research you online. (laughs) I I was talking with a recruiter just yesterday, and that's one of the things that the recruiter was telling me, like, I'm going to check your social media. I'm going to try and find you on Facebook. I'm going to see what you're engaging in and the type of people you're surrounding yourself with. And I'm like, oh, that's so scary because so many people are not thinking about that because they saw that negative post. It turned something in them that they're just like resonating with. Yes, but we don't think about the consequences of publicly attaching ourselves to that. Yeah. You know, and I think so many nuances of everything you say and get unstuck, you know, you, you started off saying, get unstuck instead of just always looking up, look down at the next step and find success and finding what that next step is. I saw a social media image. I think it was on LinkedIn and it showed a ladder and one ladder had the first rung was too high for the person to reach. And then there was another ladder and it had very short intervals between the rungs and they were able to climb higher. And that's kind of the visual that I'm picturing when you're saying that. But then I'm like, there's different kinds of ladders that we climb. And the first ladder I have to climb is the one in my head, the mindset. Like, mm-hmm. how am I looking at things? Yeah, do you good. do you kind of see it the same way? Well, yeah, I think it all starts in the mindset and, and it's perception, right? Like, I look at this as a mountain and no matter how where I am, the mountain is the same size. 
it's still the mountain that's in front of me. The closer I get to it, the larger it is, the more scary it is, but it's still the same mountain. But in reality, like I can't climb that mountain if the next step is too far from me. So I'm going to have to find a spot where I can grab a foothold or a handhold or something that's within reach. Yeah. Now, often, uh, Bethany, sometimes people like comfort, right? And and so we want to stick to the easy steps. We want to stick to the comfortable steps, but we don't grow in that way. So I have to reach just outside of my comfort zone mm-hmm. to actually get unstuck. That's why if you're stuck in the mud, your vehicle has to actually find some friction. Oh, that's good. If it doesn't find friction, it doesn't go forward. And in life, we have accustomed ourselves to avoiding friction. And we wonder why I'm not gaining traction, why I'm not moving forward, why am I not growing? Why did I not get the promotion? Why am I not getting that opportunity? Well, it might be because you're not challenging yourself any because you want to stay stuck in comfort. And I can't grow and be comfortable at the same time. Oh, that's so, so good. You know, being in education for 18 years, we talked a lot about helicopter parents you know, they come in and rescue their kids from that challenge. But then now there's the lawnmower parent. They go ahead of their kids to mow down any obstacle. And <laughs> Never heard that. I love it. <laughs> but, you know, and not all parents, let me be very clear. You know, not all parents are those types of parents, but the ones that are, their kids are, are going to struggle in life because they've never experienced safe friction in the home with their <laughs> parents to teach them and to model for them how to you know, what do you do when you do come across friction or an obstacle? How do you get around it? And I think we're going to start seeing some of um, those kids that are raised that way in our workforce, and they're going to have a little bit harder time knowing how to overcome that. So what advice do you give us? I mean, I've I've got a senior this year, so he's, you know, he doesn't like, well, I don't, I like being comfortable too. I don't like the friction, (laughs) but I know I need it. Right. Cause I am a gen X, but you know, and we don't want to tap into generations too much in this episode, but what advice do you have for people that aren't used to having friction and how do they, what's their first response when they meet it? Another good question. So first I would say that find someone who's just ahead of you who can help guide you. Uh, I was listening to a book yesterday and the story brand book that, that uh, you talked about. Mm-hmm. And uh, every hero has to have a guide. And the guide has often grown through challenges. And so it's attaching yourself to someone who's been just ahead of you, but also someone who supports you, not criticizes you. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to parenting, I have a 19-year-old who graduated high school last year. He's now working to be an electrician. We're also getting ready to be grandparents. So there's so much stuff. I've got lots of pieces of friction all up in my life. And I have to find other people who know how to navigate those challenges so that I can navigate those challenges. Mm -hmm. I often don't even know what obstacles are going to be coming, but I find people who can help me see the things that I don't see. And I know that's challenging sometimes if you're an 18 year old, 17 year old, you're like, well, I don't want to talk to people who are there. Like, what do they have to offer me? But it's, Even in the 17-year-olds and the 18-year-olds, when they have those people investing in them continually, years later, you will hear it come up. Mm -hmm. I remember the time that I spent in the classroom. I was a teacher for 12 years, and I actually had a student 
a month or two ago, he was at my house. He's one of my son's friends. And he told me the thing that he remembered from my class. And it had nothing to do with any of the stories that we ever talked about in English class or any of that stuff. It wasn't a Shakespeare quote. It wasn't the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. The thing that I remembered from your class is that you told us that we can do the hard things now that we don't want to do and we can enjoy the rest of our lives or we can enjoy this right now and take it easy and be comfortable and we'll do hard things the rest of our lives. Oh man, that is good. And I'm going to now quote you and pass that on to my senior. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. Um, Tell him some, like Einstein said it. They love that guy. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, It was, it, it was so impactful to me that this kid who's now a baseball player at a college, I'm like, that's what he took away. And that was when he was 14. And he remembers that now as an 18, as a 19 year old, I'm like, man, Wow. And I know him. He's been through some challenges, but he's done the hard things so that he can do the things he wants to do later. And I'm like, man, that's what a what a testament that I would tell others is like when you're a parent and you feel like that kid is the newborn is keeping you up all night long. Like, yeah, that's a challenge. There's there's going to be beauty on the other side of it Mm -hmm. when when your eight-year-old just does not want to eat the pasta that you put on the plate, that's a challenge. And what are you going to do? I, I can't tell you how to parent, but I can tell you to walk through the challenge with your kid. Yeah. And don't do, as you said earlier, like the lawnmower, don't mow down every obstacle, help them through the obstacles. Mm-hmm. So I have to tell you a funny story about my daughter, Ashlyn, and this was in uh, sixth <laughs> grade. So she was in sixth grade, her and her brother were not getting along. And so I separated them and I talked to both of them about what it means to escalate and what it means to (laughs) deescalate. And so as I'm talking to her, you know, we were talking about examples of how to deescalate a situation. I said, you know, you can always stop and pray and ask God to help you through the conflict. And she goes, mom, I know how to talk to God. Literally, I'm almost quoting her. And I do, I pray to God, but instead of taking me around that obstacle, he just takes me right through it every time. (laughs) And I was like, that is such wisdom from the mouth of babes. I'm like, yes, you have to go through it. And oftentimes that's our path. Our path is through the friction, through the obstacle to learn the skills we need for the next and the next and the next. And it's so good. I want to go back for just a minute. You mentioned story brand. So for those of you listening, that's written by Donald Miller. And he he's talking about whenever you're serving others, Whenever you are in a position to serve, you are not the hero. You've got to understand that you're not the hero. You're the guide. And he talks about Luke Skywalker was the hero, but Yoda was his guide. And so if you are in a leadership position and you are serving those that you're with, then you need to be the guide, not the hero. You need to serve. But if you're feeling stuck, (laughs) there's always another guide. Think of Obi-Wan, just to go with the Star Wars reference. Obi-Wan even looked up to Yoda, right? And so, you know, everybody can look ahead and, but this also makes me think of Brene Brown. We have to be vulnerable in saying, I need help. I'm in uncharted territories. I can't see around the corner. So reaching out to someone who's just a step ahead of you or a couple steps and ask, can you help me? Can you help me get unstuck? That's so good. We have one of the cohorts that I'm a part of with some of the transitioning teachers that I've been able to work with. Um, Someone asked, Hey, I'm going to a networking event this weekend. What do I need to do? 
And one of the pieces of advice that we gave was find some people who are just ahead of you in the journey so that you can learn from them. Mm-hmm. And I was at the table last night with my son. He and his fiance came over for dinner. And afterwards, he wanted me to help him work on his resume. Turns out he wanted me to do it for him. <laughs> I would not. I had him pull it up. I told him, I gave him some pointers, but I sat there with him while he did it because he needs to learn how to do that because I'm not always going to be available. Yeah. But if I can teach him how to do it, he will always be available to himself. Yeah. And often as leaders, we don't teach our people how to be available to themselves. We make them dependent upon us because if they're not dependent upon me, then how can I lead them? If they're not dependent upon me, then what happens when they don't need me? But I'm like, that's not what Qui-Gon Jid did with Obi-Wan. It's not what Obi-Wan did with Anakin. It's not what, like you just play it down looking at the Star Wars stuff, right? Is mm-hmm. training them so that one day they didn't need you. <laughs> and I think that's when it comes to like leaders is I want to train people. I want to help people get unstuck so that one day they don't need me. Like Mm -hmm. once you're moving and you've got the momentum and it's carrying you forward, then you don't need to keep me around. Yeah. Like that's totally, it makes me think of John Maxwell. He talks about uh, in the 20, I think it's the book, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. I'm almost positive it is in there, but it talks about the lid of leadership. You know, whenever you are in a, a position of influence, you are the lid to the people that you are influencing. You know, if you're in a leadership position within an organization, you are the lid for all of those that you lead. And so, you know, saying all of that, it's important that you always, like you're saying, look at the next step, find someone and step ahead of you, help yourself get unstuck. And by you getting up unstuck, you are raising your lid and that's helping everybody who, who you serve in that leadership position as well. So it just keeps moving that lid higher and higher, but eventually, like you were saying, you want to teach them to surpass you because some people's lids are just so much higher than mine. (laughs) begin with like, yeah, step aside. Yes. Please go ahead of me. (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm going to learn from you go. I'm yeah. Again, think about all of the people that in leadership, that if we just give them the momentum that they carry Mm -hmm. forward and they do more than we could have ever imagined. But then how many people get held back by leaders who are arrogant or by leaders who Mm -hmm. are just a little bit afraid of somebody looking better than them? Absolutely the entire organization gets stuck. And so that's kind of one of the long-term goals for me is to move into that organizational leadership where I help organizations get unstuck from leaders who can't see past themselves. Man. Well, I believe it. You, sir, live up to your title, the unstuck coach. So, all right, I have a question for you. What you know, in thinking about all of the knowledge, ever all the bits of wisdom that you've shared today, what are some true takeaways that our audience can walk away with and say, okay, if I am feeling stuck, stuck in my career, stuck in my job, stuck in, you know, parenting, doesn't matter. If I'm feeling stuck, what's something that I can do to get unstuck? Yeah, great. It's backwards design. It's look at the thing, look at where you want to be and then work your way backward to the next step that you have to take to get there and make that next step manageable enough, but challenging so that you can actually do it. And then take the next step. It's my phrase is the next first step uh, because every step is the first step. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my biggest takeaway is look at where you want to be and then take the next first step. 
that challenges you and moves you in the right direction. I love that. And the next first step. All right. So I have a question and anytime I'm doing an interview, I'm going to ask everybody this, you know, we are a leadership on the rocks and there is some pun in there about leaders being so stressed that they drink on the rocks. So what is one poor P-O-U-R <laughs> decision that you would warn leaders to avoid? Uh, uh, so one of the challenges for me was uh, in pastoring a church. It was a young church. We were a growing church. But if something wasn't being done, I would often just find the time or energy to do it myself. Mm -hmm. instead of trusting or empowering other people to do it. Or if someone was responsible for doing it, then I wouldn't have a conversation about, hey, this needs to change. And so that would be the poor decision is I waited too long to have the necessary conversations with people uh, because I was afraid of like hurting their feelings or hurting a relationship. And ultimately, it cost a lot more than I thought it was going to. Mm -hmm. That would be something I would say is in leadership. It Can I give you two? Oh, it's, absolutely. Don't wait too long to have the necessary conversations with people. And, and the second one would be um, trust your people. Empower them to do the things that need to be done and help them do those things at the right capacity. Like trust them. Not everything depends on the leader. Yeah. And, and I'll, to add to that, because those are so good, so good. Understanding that whenever you trust people to go forward and make that decision, we're all human and we're not going to be perfect. So mm. you can go in that with eyes wide open of, they may make a little bit of a mistake and that's okay. It's a teachable moment, you yeah. know, help them get unstuck through that friction and, and overcome it. So that was so good. Thank, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. You, you really are the unstuck coach. So where can people uh, go to learn more about you and your work? Uh, the primary place to find me is LinkedIn. It's uh, I've set up shop there and uh, that's where job seekers are going. And so I wanted to be there too, to help people. I am starting to uh, use my Twitter for helping people get unstuck and navigate the different career paths that might be in front of them or leadership challenges that might be in front of them. So those are the two places primarily that you can go to find me. Awesome. Well, Michael Stinnett, the unstuck coach guys, I'm going to have in the notes, uh, for the podcast episode links to, um, all of his social media, LinkedIn and Twitter. So feel free to follow him. I do again, I'm learning so much from him in my mastermind course. And Michael, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet Bethany. It's always uh, a pleasure to see the work that you're doing and to be able to support the leaders and the help that you're giving. So thanks for that too. And thank you so much. Well, guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 10b. Outdo one another in showing honor.